The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, friend. I'm Nicole Walters, mom of three, your internet bestie, and founder of Inherit Learning Company. If you're looking for the motivation you need to pursue a life of purpose, then join me each week on the Nicole Walters podcast as I share my hard-learned lessons and answer your DMs about life, business, and everything in between. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Check out the Nicole Walters podcast every Tuesday here on Dear Media. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hello from Matt Leave, FF fam. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to all of the amazing episodes we have coming out during my maternity leave and supporting me while I take this time to really focus on my family. It is greatly appreciated. Today's episode was recorded towards the end of my pregnancy with Mimi Bouchard. She is a thought leader in the self-improvement and wellness space and creator of the Superhuman app, which is a guided audio platform. And she's also the host of the Mimi podcast, which I had the honor of guesting on as well. I really enjoyed this episode because we talk about, for me, like something I'm struggling with is behaviors that I know do not serve me, but I continue to do a la scrolling on social media, doom scrolling, and specifically feeling like there are times in my life in the past and even now where I'm like, I know there's more here. I know I can be doing more. I want to be doing more. There's something out there like that feeling and pull and how to align yourself with those emotions, how to follow that pull how to quiet the noise, whether it be cutting out alcohol or stopping the doom scrolling or things like that, especially meditating and journaling. So this episode, we unpack all of those things and talk about what has helped us tap into like that best version of ourselves and how we're all constantly a work in progress and we're never going to have a perfect day. So without further ado, here is the episode. Come on in, take a seat. Mimi, I'm very pumped because I've been consuming your content recently, like more and in prep for this, but also I love doing swaps because it's fun to like have the conversation focused on one person and then get to sit down and be like, okay, now the rules are reversed. I know. It's kind of like we've been on a friend date for the past two hours. <laughs> I know. Well, you know what it is? I do kind of think of podcasting as like not speed dating because you're getting into these really deep, typically conversations that like you, I don't think would do on speed dating. I don't know. I've never done it, but it's allowed me this avenue of life that like I personally didn't have exposure to because I've been with my husband since we were 16. So I didn't do any of the like Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, like dating, quite honestly. And we joke that when I first started this job and I started meeting people in like actual person after interviewing them or connecting on social media, he's like, you're kind of going on blind dates. And I was like, I kind of am. Like it was almost my version of dating, which was so interesting for me to experience. Do you feel that way with people you've met in this space? 
Yeah. And you know, when I think about it, it's like, when would you ever have an incredibly deep conversation with someone that you've just met if it right. isn't instigated by a podcast? So I love it. I love oversharing. So, <laughs> so it's a perfect job for me. Yeah. Same. It's a, it's a little bit of a fault for me. Do you ever, actually, I would love to pick your brain. Do you ever feel like you feel more comfortable sharing to your community audience, like whether it be on social media or your podcast about things that you would feel nervous sharing to someone like close in your life? Like if something happens to you, is your first, one of your first reactions to be like, oh, let me talk about this with my community. Okay. No to that question. My first reaction is not to want to share it necessarily. I think over the years I've gotten a little bit more private in a certain way, but I'm still a a sharer and I love to share about my experience of life. But to be honest with you, yes. Like I, I always want to share, but my first reaction is not to share with my audience. It's to share with my partner or a friend or my mom or something. But to answer your other question, I do feel more myself when I'm like recording a solo episode podcast, because there's always a lens of, of something in front, like standing in between you and the other person that, you know, like you have a specific relationship with your mom, you have a specific relationship with your sister and you speak in a slightly different way to match that lens to, you know, cater to that new view, if that makes any sense. And no, it um, does. Yeah. When I do a solo episode, I feel very much so myself. And when I'm in conversation with someone outside of the podcast, I do have some sort of lens or some sort of guard that I don't really consciously even realize until afterwards. So yes and no. No, it's interesting to me because when I do solo episodes, I joke that I block out. I'm like, I don't even know what the hell I'm saying. It's just, I don't have any notes. I just kind of ramble. And then I look up and it's 45 minutes later. And I'm like, what has even been recorded? But it feels so freeing. And I end up getting to the bottom of things that typically I'm working on in therapy, but it's my like second form of therapy almost where I can really continue to dig. And then I end up calling my therapist the next session. And I'm like, okay, this is what I figured out. Now let's unpack it further. But it's so interesting to have these like parasocial relationships where you are sharing your journey and then simultaneously with your real life, people consuming it, who you might know, like that all is confusing sometimes for me. It is. And then I meet podcast listeners or superhuman subscribers in person and then like, I suddenly feel like such a connection because I know oh, immediately. they know me. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Now that majority of the holiday season is behind us, m- many of us are in recovery mode. I know for me, I always struggled massively with my digestive health after being so thrown off my routines, schedule, and honestly, eating habits. Between all the holiday celebrations, the traveling, and the increased amount of late nights, my body was always simply just like thrown for a freaking loop. One way I helped bring it back to normality was maintaining my morning routine of two capsules of Seeds DSR-1 Daily Symbiotic. As someone who implemented this routine over five years ago, I can safely say that I noticed a huge difference in my digestive health and both the ease and regularity of my stool, yes, I mean poop, when I am consistent with it. I especially love Seeds DSR-1 Daily Symbiotic because it is a remarkable blend of 24 strains that have been scientifically studied and clinically validated for its benefits. You simply take two capsules a day on an empty stomach, either 30 minutes before your first meal or two hours after your last meal, and you will start to see the benefits yourself. And if you're anything like me, it'll keep you hooked. 
I've been taking it first thing every morning for the past five years, and it has immensely helped my gut health. I notice a huge shift in my digestion and both the regularity and ease of flow with my bowel movements. And I honestly recommend it to anyone with ears. Maybe you or someone like set New Year's resolutions around you. And if you're someone who's going to prioritize their gut health, let me tell you, Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic should be a part of your New Year's habit. Visit seed.com slash Cameron and use code Cameron to redeem 25% off your first month of Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com slash Cameron and use code Cameron. So you mentioned Superhuman and your podcast, you are a creator and you're in the wellness space, but similar to me, you've lived a few lives and I'm curious about like how you got to where you are today. Were you always interested in the wellness aspect of world? Were you, I'm shook that you're so young to me. Like I feel you are very mature and like have your shit together and you've created such amazing things, but especially in terms of personal growth, it feels like you've done a lot of work, which I feel I have too, but I definitely hadn't at your age yet. So what led you to all of this personal work and development? Yeah, well, I'm in my late 20s now and I got into personal development before it was quote cool almost a decade ago. And at that time in my life, I was quite desperate because I had a pretty tough time in my preteen teenage years, really just disconnected to myself and was partying a lot, doing drugs, you know, did everything quite young being born and raised in Toronto in a big city and having a big sister that, you know, wasn't always up to the best things. Now we're, you know, obviously super close, but she was maybe not the best influence in the world. And, you know, so socially as well, the friends that I had back then definitely weren't the best influences. And I just found myself in a really lost place. And from the age of 12 years old, I, you know, struggled with eating disorder, self-harm, hating myself. Like I was really in a dark place in my teenage years. And, you know, when I turned 17, 18, something kind of clicked inside of me and I was just about to go to university in Canada in Halifax. I wanted to go very far away as, you know, as far away as I could in Canada, essentially. And I was in this tiny dorm room and I really started feeling the effects of all of the damage I was doing to my body. I was you know, at that point drinking every night and doing Coke all the time and doing MDMA and just like, just really not treating myself well and not doing anything that's aligned with, with who I wanted to be. And I was consumed with looking a certain way, being cool and just trying to impress the wrong people. I found my first personal development book and it was like right place, right time. My mom gave it to me because she started getting into that work. And I just had this feeling deep inside of me that I'd had my whole life that I was trying to dampen in my teenage years. I wasn't listening to it, that gut feeling, that inner voice of there's more for me in this world. And I think essentially everyone has this you know, inner potential that hasn't been realized. And I was really listening to that voice. And I read this book and it really opened up my eyes to a new way of thinking. And what was the name of the book? It's called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield, the guy that did like the whole chicken soup for the soul book. It was like a very... Oh, I remember those when we were little. Yeah. It's super easy to read. It's like the basics of personal growth. Now it's like all that stuff I know at the back of my hand. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't do much for me now reading it. But for a beginner, a 17-year-old girl, like that was for me at that time in my life, just so impactful. 
And it started this love for personal growth and this journey of really becoming who I've always wanted to be, of getting clear of who I've always, you know, who I deeply want to be and, and who I've always been meant to be and who I, who I, who I should be. Like my, I really believe that I came onto this earth to be this version of myself. And it's just like innately inside of me. It's a part of who I was as a kid. And it's part of, you know, the essence of, of me. And I think we all have that. And of course it can always change, but I got obsessed with wanting to improve my life. And a lot has happened since, you know, almost 10 years and long story short, I dropped out of university, wanted to start my own business. I decided I need to be an entrepreneur. I started uh, an online magazine. I moved to London, England, because it was like we, I could get a visa and it was far away from Canada. And, you know, I worked my ass off. I, my parents didn't support me since I left the house. And when I first moved to London, I was working every odd job I could to make ends meet, to make rent, and to also have the time to make my online magazine a success. And I was working at a juice bar. I was interning at this like styling agency. I was babysitting. I was dog walking. I was doing all the things. And I was really struggling for money back then because London is so expensive. And even though I Mm -hmm. saved up to move that previous summer by working at this bar in Toronto, I had saved up 10 grand or something from working at that bar. And it immediately disappeared when I moved to London because obviously it's so expensive here. And it was amazing. I was so resilient. I was so driven. I didn't know anyone when I first moved to London and I networked like crazy. I didn't know anyone. And yeah, so I, you know, would pull DM people while I was on break at the juice bar. I was just like so hungry to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, to make whatever business I was working on at the time a success. And I just kept having these like urges and I had this fire inside of me. So, you know, a year after living in London, I decided that I obviously wanted to stay and I wanted to extend my visa. So I decided I wanted to get into the TV industry and I wanted to become a TV presenter because I had realized I liked being on camera and I liked talking to the camera. And then I met my old agent who essentially told me that it was impossible to become a TV presenter, a successful one in such a short amount of time to get sponsored with a Canadian accent. And she said to me, but if you get onto this TV show called Made in Chelsea, I'll represent you right away. It'll be great for your online magazine. They'll get you a visa. So that was my next target. And I got onto this reality show in London eight years ago, and I was on it for a few seasons and that opened up my, you know, eyes to a whole new world. I was very naive at the time and I was painted to be the bad guy. I did whatever the producers wanted me. Wait, can I ask you like for Americans and you might not know this answer, is there a comparable show that like Americans would know to be like, oh, that's kind of what it is? It's like, well, it's kind of like a faker version of the Hills. It's like, um, like it's like a camera that follows around the lives of people in this area called Chelsea, which is so funny because it's meant to be like this prestigious group of friends that all come from all this wealth. So there was this huge, like misconstrued idea of me when I first joined the show that I was like this wealthy girl from Canada. I literally had $8 in my bank account at one point on that show, babysitting at night to make rent. And like they paid you basically nothing. So Mm -hmm. I was living this double life. It was such a weird polarity. So in my early, early 20s, I did that. This was ages ago, but it's part of my story for sure. They ended up getting me a visa. And then I left the show a year and a half after starting. I was doing brand deals and I was working on all these other entrepreneurial 
things. I was creating a TV show with my family at that point that totally failed. And that was a huge failure of mine because I had spent so long. I was trying to make that happen and flying to LA and, you know, filming this pilot with this production company that ended up losing all this money. You know, from a young age, was always trying to figure out what my thing was that was going to make me successful. And I have built this tech startup called Superhuman, and it's like a wellness audio app. And it's helped a ton of people. And it's a big part of my personal development journey. And I was creating these similar visualization-based audios for myself over the past decade of doing this work because meditation, traditional meditation didn't really resonate with me. So yeah. And then I've created this platform for all these people. And looking back, it happened so quickly, but it was so hard. There were so many ups and downs. It was not a linear process. I've been learning so much throughout the journey. And now the new challenges are arising of having, you know, a dozen employees, like how to be the boss that I need to be in this stage of the company's Mm -hmm. life. Like I'm, I'm dealing with so many new challenges and, you know, trying to kind of be my best self. I resonate with something you said in the beginning of when you felt younger, feeling like there was something more almost, and you weren't tapping into your full abilities, I guess maybe is the terminology. And I know we talked about this in your episode where I was the guest, but for me, I was a historically very critical, hyper-competitive person who, when I look back, I can realize and accept that a lot of that came from my own insecurities, even though I looked very secure from the outside potentially. And I would love to dive into how you felt when you were at that younger age, feeling like, you know, whether it was the 13 year old or the 17 year old feeling like there's more to this, there's more to me. Like what were some of the things, if you can remember, because I know my memory is shot of my childhood, but if there were tangible moments that you can share with us of like, this isn't who I am, this isn't how I want to act. This isn't what I want to be doing. It's like this pull. This is the best way that I can describe it. It's like this pull in your chest. And for me, I'm a big feeler. Like my intuition is feeling and I get goosebumps when I think of something or, you know, when something happens or when I know I'm going the right way and I'm a very sensitive, emotional person. So for me, it's a feeling, it's this pull. And it's like this little tiny voice that, that is just like, there is more for you. The what if that's the biggest thing for me. It's like, Any potential is possible in your lifetime. And that's a reality for all of us. What if I tapped in to my ultimate potential? What if I spent this one life, this precious one life that we're given? What if I spent mine actually living as my ultimate self? What could I create? How many people could I impact? How happy could I be? How fulfilled could I feel? How unlimited could this reality be for me? And that is the feeling that just wouldn't go away. And I think I needed clarity to tune into it. And when I was in university for that, like one semester before dropping out, I was in that tiny residence room, like I mentioned, and I was just reading this book and I kind of locked myself away after reading this book to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I got very clear and I got clear because I had stopped drinking and doing drugs for a few weeks because I just was feeling like absolute crap. My body was feeling gross. I had gained all this weight. I felt like shit. (laughs) And back then it was definitely more ego driven. I didn't want to look the way I looked. So I wanted to stop drinking and partying so I could just, you know, feel better and look better. 
But thankfully, I was also working at a juice bar in university. I always worked at juice bars because I loved like healthy organic food and it was way too expensive for me to afford. So like when you work there, you get everything for free. So I was working at a juice bar at university and I was like skipping class to go work. And then when I get back to my room, I would journal about who I wanted to become in my future. And that's when I realized that I was just not supposed to be in that university and I should be going to try an entrepreneurial journey or venture. And yeah, so to answer your question, it's a feeling. And I think when you numb yourself out with drugs, alcohol, too much social media, too much of whatever, that that feeling and that pull gets a lot more, it becomes quiet, right? So you also have a responsibility to get clarity in your own life to then allow that voice and that feeling to come through and then pursue it is what I believe. Absolutely. And I resonate with this in multiple stages of my life. You know, I say this a lot, but when I had my accident that led me to eventually pursue this all full time beforehand, it had been this like, wouldn't that be so cool if I could somehow make this into something? What if this was my job? And after the accident, it became less of a, what if to like, I can't not do this. I have to. And it was that pull. And I felt it in multiple times around my work. And I think no matter what you're doing in terms of profession, you feel it. And it could also be a feeling that I've definitely felt of like, that's not for me. And really trying to get clear on what is for you and what isn't for you and listening to that inner voice. And you mentioned drugs and alcohol, and I so deeply resonate with the alcohol portion of this. I never did hard drugs and I do partake not pregnant, but in more plant medicine forms. But I felt so clear after giving up alcohol And that was another one of those like feelings that gut pull where I had been for so long jealous of people who weren't drinking. And I'm like, why am I jealous if it's an active decision that I can just make? Like, I don't have to drink. I can simply decide I'm not going to drink. And therefore, I don't need to be jealous of these people. I can just do that act. And for me, I'm shocked because I thought I was going to stop drinking for like a week. And here I am. But it became so clear to me other aspects of my life once I cut out that noise. And one thing I'm struggling with right now is social media. Like I do not like how much time I spend on it. It's really easy for me to get sucked in. It's so nice to just shut my brain off, even though it's not shut off at all. It feels like it is while I'm doing it. And even while I'm consuming, I'm curious if you have habits that you still experience this with. While I'm consuming, my gut is like, put the fucking phone down. You don't want to be wasting your time on this. But it is hard sometimes. Like, this is so silly, but it's a true addiction. Like, do you still have things in your life that you're working on cutting out or that you catch yourself like going back to like little vices? Absolutely. And I'll be the first to say that throughout this journey to this quote, dream life of mine, I have never had a perfect day. And this is something I talk about often is like, it's all about the bounce back rate. So for me, I used to always think that I wasn't doing enough because I wouldn't have these perfect days and I get so hard on myself and I'd, it would just be this spiral of self-hatred essentially. And, you know, now looking back, seeing that I've actually been able to achieve most of what I wanted back then and, and not doing it in a way that I was ever perfect for one whole day. 
makes me realize that it's actually less about perfection. And it's more about how quickly you bounce back on track once you feel like the old self. So that's a huge concept that I talk about. I'm actually writing a book about it right now. But going back to your question, there are so many things that I have that with still, and I'm working on them. But I'm also not expecting myself to reach this point one day in the future of being completely perfect. It's one of those work in progress things that I'm still going to allow myself to enjoy life, even though I'm working on these things. One of those things is like you, social media, it's phone, it's numbing, it's numbing on technology. And back then, you know, maybe six, seven, eight years ago, it was food because after having disordered eating as a teen, like I developed this binge eating disorder, this, this obsession with food, this like I'd binge and purge and I would be obsessed with everything that I put in my mouth. And now I'm so, so, so thankful to say that I haven't had those thoughts in a really long time. And I genuinely like don't think about a meal until I'm ready to eat and I eat whatever I want. When the time comes, I pick whatever I'm craving on the menu. And that's crazy to even say, because back then I was so disordered with that. But I think that's numbing feeling I used to get from binging has now translated to on a smaller scale, social media. And when I'm stressed with work, and as I was telling you, like with this business of mine, it's been amazing, but I'm like trying to handle like, you know, over a dozen people that work on the business and I'm trying to be the best boss I can. And it's really hard. And that anxiety comes up and a lot of stressful things I deal with in the business that no one knows about. Right. And oftentimes with work, especially being an entrepreneur, like you don't really shut off. And I result like this results in me numbing and like just mindlessly scrolling. And it's like an addiction. Absolutely. And sometimes I just literally delete my Instagram app for like days at a time. But then I have to post because I, you know, also need to update. Because well, it's your work. On, yeah. It's my work. Well, it's part of my work. I don't really call myself a creator anymore. Like I have a podcast that I'm very consistent with, but like, gosh, I really like need to post more on Instagram and TikTok and stuff. Like I'm so inconsistent with that. But yeah, you know, it's the numbing thing that I can definitely tell you is like something I'm really trying to work on because when I don't do it, I am clear as like a blue sky with no clouds. Like I am crystal clear and I know exactly where I'm going and I have way less anxiety. And I honestly can tell you, Cameron, like I'm predicting right now in the next decade, there is going to be like AA, but for people with social media addiction. Absolutely. It's so addictive. It's so addictive. And they make it addictive. Like, yeah, I mean, it's all done on purpose. There are thousands of people at these companies, like at TikTok, at Facebook, you know, working at Instagram that their, their sole job is to figure out how to get the consumer to stay on the page longer. It is so addictive. It's, it's all working against us, right? So figuring out balance with that is something that's a constant work in progress for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's definitely my main thing I think that I'm working on right now. It's really tough, especially when you, I mean, everyone is generally consuming, but then especially if you work in the industry, it's like, oh, here, go into a bar and work at a bar, but not drink. It's hard to, you're opening the apps to work, but then you're, you end up consuming as well. We are officially in the midst of the holiday season. And if you're like me, that means that there is a lot going on, whether it be traveling, holiday parties, or hosting in your own home, there is always just so much happening. One thing I always prioritize during this time is making sure that both my pantry and my bags, if I'm heading out the door, are always filled with my favorite snacks. Without fail, 99% of these are being purchased and delivered to my door on Thrive Market. Thrive Market is my go-to for all of my grocery and household items. We have an order arriving every like four to six weeks to replenish our pantry. And not only do they have all of the products I love, 
like Simple Mills, Chomp, Siete, Three Wishes, Go Macro, but also just so many more. And I love, 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 love so much. They get delivered right to my door. It is such a big time saver. We just recently placed an order to load up our basement pantry with snacks and have options for people in and out of our house this holiday season. And the amount of like mixed nuts, chips, dried fruit, and beef jerky we have is honestly remarkable. Plus the savings on Thrive Market are unparalleled. On average, over 30% each time. With this recent order, we saved over $90. And you honestly just cannot beat that. If you find a better price somewhere else, they have a price match guarantee. Plus, my favorite part is that when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash Cameron for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash Cameron, thrivemarket.com slash Cameron. Now that we are somewhat on the other side of holiday season, there is a high likelihood that you are in recovery mode. Maybe you had a more packed social schedule than you're used to, or if you're like me a few years ago, there were just too many nights out with too many glasses of wine. Even if you're not drinking, the late nights and the loads of meals out will have you probably, like me, feeling off kilter. Something I'm always reaching for to help me recover from this season is Element to replenish my electrolytes. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't, which means a lot of salt with no sugar. This product contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio with none of the junk like coloring, artificial ingredients, and other BS additives. Whether you overdid it this past weekend or you attended too many holiday parties or you're working out a ton or you're just trying to keep an active lifestyle, replenishing electrolytes is super important. I love all eight flavors, but my two favorites are probably citrus salt and watermelon salt. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash Cameron. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to drinklmnt.com slash Cameron. Plus, Element offers no questions asked refunds. So you can try it totally risk-free. You honestly have nothing to lose. When it comes to people who may be feeling that gut pull about this isn't the life I'm meant to be living or there's something more for me out there. Do you have tangible pieces of advice that helped you tap into that version of yourself or get clear with that voice that allowed you to create the life that you always dreamt of? Oh, yes, 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 yes. So, so many things. And I'll tell you quickly the origin of superhuman with this. So, you know, back in the early days of my personal development journey, I was reading a lot of books and I was obsessed with the science behind how to rewire your brain. I was obsessed with, you know, all of the proof that we're seeing behind visualization and how your beliefs create your life. And everyone was saying, you need to meditate. It's the best way to embody these affirmations, embody your best self, your future self. You need to meditate. And I tried, <laughs> I tried so hard. I tried all the apps. I wasted so much money on all the apps because I would never use them. I just didn't enjoy traditional meditation. I'm a spiritual person, I think, but I just didn't like the whole energy of like sit with your legs in a lotus pose and like think about nothing and clear your mind and be this like monk. I genuinely just didn't resonate with it. 
I feel like that type of meditation is so beneficial for so many people, but what's beneficial is the thing that you're actually going to do. Right. So Mm -hmm. I just stopped doing it. And I was like, how can I visualize my future? Which is so scientifically back to absolutely change your brain and change your behavior, your beliefs, your results. How do I visualize without meditation or without these meditation apps that I'm using? And I, so I just intuitively, and I remember where I was when I started doing this, I was in my studio apartment in Notting Hill when I was probably 20 years old or 21 years old. And I started to record these like voice memo audio files on my phone. I would open up the audio app on my iPhone and I would just record for like 10, 15, 20 minutes talking about the life that I wanted, the life that I'll have in present tense. I have this, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And I created so many of these because I'd get bored of them quickly. You know, it was getting to be a lot of work because I had to come up with all this creative, you know, creative ideas on who this person was. But essentially, intuitively, what I did is I listened to these audios while I was making breakfast in the morning, while I was going to the gym, while I was on the tube, while I was, you know, just living my life. It was kind of like when I didn't want to listen to music, when I didn't want to listen to a podcast, I wanted to like be inspired and like listen to something that will make me like feel different immediately and get into this like visualization state. That's what I'd listen to. Years later, I started Superhuman and this is essentially what the product is. And we have over 16 categories of this type of audio that you can listen to when you're doing everything from cooking, cleaning, you know, walking, our walking audios are insanely effective. And it's kind of a mix between guided meditation, visualization, motivational speaking, pep talks with amazing music. Our audio engineers create the best playlists. And it just like, it's like you're the, you're in a movie moment. Like you are the main character of your life. That's essentially the feeling you get when you listen to superhuman. But going back to the point. So I was listening to these audios and this is what single-handedly affected my life the most out of anything. And I will say that confidently because we all should visualize what we want more. It changes your brain. It triggers your RAS in your brain, your reticular activating system to filter in new information. Your RAS is, is a system in your brain that's essentially just like a filtration system. It decides what you focus on, what you see, because if you were able to notice and see absolutely everything in your environment at all times, your brain would explode. It'd be an information overload. So this is how your beliefs create your life. Because if you believe I'm a victim and I'm just not a lucky person, you're going to look for reasons for that, to affirm that belief in your life without even realizing you're doing it. And it's the same thing, like the basic example of like, you want to buy a red convertible, you start seeing it everywhere. There aren't just randomly more red convertibles in your environment. You're just noticing it. The other day I was like, oh, I need to buy a new Dyson air wrap for the UK because my US plug one won't work. And I just start seeing everyone post about Dyson's that day. I'm like, that's interesting. My RAS is now triggered. So, you know, and that happens for things that aren't as materialistic and basic. It's like, I'm a lucky person. And I can tell you this belief. I know that good things happen to me. I know that I'm destined to be incredibly successful and happy and healthy. And I know that this has been the most effective thing for me on top of journaling. And I am telling you, writing is one of the best ways to get clarity and to change your life. It's like a two-step process, right? You need clarity. And then you must become the kind of person that has what you want before actually achieving it. So journaling has been a massive part of my transformation as well. 
It's interesting because, you know, we saw on TikTok, like, what was it this year? The lucky girl syndrome. And it was everyone's, I think for not everyone, for many people, it was their first eye opening experience to kind of this idea of what you're putting out there. You receive the energy like meets like, and I feel this way when, and we talked about this in Europe. So, you know, first and foremost, people are going to see anything through the colored lens that they're wearing. You know, if you have a concept or your mind made up about a situation or a person or something, you're going to perceive it differently than someone else because you've already made your mind up. Whether that's you see a creator's content and you're immediately like, I hate this person, blah, blah, blah. And the person next to you was like, I love this person. That's the lens that they're you're wearing and that they're wearing. Or I think about it in situations that happen to me. If I'm in a certain mood and something happens, like this is a very small example, but our car literally just broke down on the middle of the highway four hours away from home on our way to a wedding. And if I were in a bad mood, that would have been like, are you fucking kidding? We're an hour away from the wedding. We left at 545 to get here on time. Like, what are we going to do now? Our car is going to be stuck in New Hampshire for weeks. Very easy. And like, that's a shit thing to happen. Very easy to spiral on that and let it completely take over and negatively impact my mindset. But I don't know if it was just that day or because I'm in a better mental place in general. I was like, okay, so let's call the tow truck. And we just kind of got it figured out. Sure, the situation sucked, but whatever. And that's because of the mentality, I think, that you're having where the same situation, it's not that things don't happen to people who believe they're lucky. It's just that it doesn't impact them or affect them in the same way. Yeah. When you talk about journaling and writing to your future self, this is something I do not every day. I journal every day, but every once in a while I will write as if things have happened already kind of in the present tense that you mentioned. And I'll try and find it and maybe try to include it in the intro. But I know I have my journals from before quitting my job. And I was writing in present tense of like what my life would look like. And I remember writing one in the end, like fourth quarter of last year about what I wanted our home to feel like when we were looking for a home. And it is very eye-opening to look back at those because they're not going to be, at least in my opinion, concrete. It's never going to be the exact thing, but the emotions, the feelings that I want are things that I do now have. How long have you been practicing this for? And is there like an example that you can give like kind of two, I just gave of these moments where you were journaling in this present tense for a future self. And then you go back and reflect and you're like, wow, that, that actually did happen for me. You know what, Cameron, I need to get better at that because like, I don't celebrate my wins as much as I should. I do. I know I should, but, but the thing is, it's not for any reason other than like, I'm, I was already living that reality in my mind before it manifested into real life. Like I wasn't shocked when we bought this house and found the exact thing that we were looking for. I wasn't shocked when like, you know, my business suddenly kind of started blowing up with word of mouth and the fact that we barely spent any money on marketing. We have like tens of thousands of users. I, it's just what happens because it is what I exude. And I'm so obsessed with an amazing product for our customers that it's just people want to talk about it. So it comes from like this deep stem of like doing everything in a way that sets me up for my future. And yeah, so I guess 
the reality is though, but when I do look back at old journals, because I do that once in a while, or when I do, you know, listen back to the old audio files, because I'm more of like an audio person. Mm-hmm. When I go and listen back to some of those audio files that I recorded like seven years ago about the life that I wanted today, like it is pretty shocking. Not all of it happened exactly the way I thought it would. Like the career, like I didn't know I was going to create Superhuman. I thought maybe my online magazine would have been a huge success. But there were certain things that had a massive impact on me when I listened to them again. Like number one, the day before I met Ben, my fiance, who's like my first real boyfriend. I met him six years ago, October 12th, 2017. I recorded an audio, one of these visualization audios, and it described him. And I wasn't actively looking for a boyfriend at that time. You know, it was kind of like, I didn't realize it happened so quickly, but I described him. I literally word for word said, he's big and tall and handsome and he loves me so much. We have movie moments all the time. And like, I just described our relationship in our life. And the next day I meet him and he is big and tall and handsome and we have movie moments all the time and all these things. And, you know, there are certain things that have really happened. But then there are others, like I was describing in one of my audio files from back then, the home I wanted to live in. I wanted to live in this like penthouse apartment somewhere. I didn't know what city yet, but I described it and I like actually designed it and I I like designed it on a journal. Mm-hmm. That's not, that hasn't happened yet. It could in my future. I don't even know if I want that anymore. So things change, you know? Right, like, and you might not want the same things. Like yeah. I'm sure in the journal entries of me talking about working for myself, like I was at the time dreaming of, being an in-home chef where I was cooking for people and things have definitely shifted, but the reality of still working for myself, the emotions I feel around my work, the mental state where I'm at. And that's why I also think, yes, I think it can be helpful to get very specific, but sometimes for me, when I do these journalings, it's a lot about like the feelings, the emotions, because that's where I think you can work towards And it doesn't have to be specific, like my house is going to be in this town and it's going to look like this, but it's more, at least for me, it was, I feel so safe and comforted at home and I feel at peace and there's nice pockets of quietness, but it still feels like a family affair. And we host like those types of emotions that you want to exude, because I think when you have that clarity you work towards the feelings and the rest falls into place. That's exactly what you should be doing. And that's how it actually works. It's all on this like vibrational frequency level. So everyone listening, if you want to create this life of your dreams, first understand how it feels to be the type of person that has that, how it feels to be in that environment. And I guess, you know, the specific visualization tools that you can use, like, you know, designing the floor plan to the house you want or whatever it is, that's just essentially an activity that helps you get into that feeling that yeah. helps you get into that vibrational state. So I believe we all have this like future self frequency and we have to create it. And essentially it's this layered feeling, this layered energy that you feel inside and around you, the feeling of your future of like the life, the ultimate life that you desire. And you can live your future now. That's one of our taglines at Superhuman. Because I say future self, but I don't mean you could only live that person. You could only only be that person in the future. That is like, you can be her now. And my future self frequency is like a layered energy. Essentially, you know, you could do it with me now if you want. Like everyone has a unique one. But for me, 
you know, if you feel love, like, and everyone wants to feel love. So it's pretty universal. Feel love and you feel it in your heart. You feel it around you, inside of you. What does love feel like? It's this heart opening, beautiful feeling. And it's, there's an energy about love, feeling it inside and around you. But then if you want to hold on to that energy and then bring a new layer of, let's say, abundance, of opportunity, of wealth, that feeling of like excitement for money and happiness and success. And, you know, like that, like invigorating, exciting feeling of being given opportunities, doors opening up for you. So feel that layered on top of the love. And then that creates this mix, this like unique energy, like this abundant feeling is like goosebumps. It's like expansiveness. This love feeling is like heart opening. What if you felt those together and then keep adding more energies? And then once you feel fulfilled, that unique energy and frequency is your future self frequency. And the more that you tune in to that energy in everyday moments with your eyes open, while you're doing mundane everyday activities, that is when your life changes. And that's why superhuman is so effective because we have these audios for every moment of the day. It's like the Pavlov's dog theory. We've all heard that theory. If every morning you took your dog on a walk and you listen to a 10 minute walking audio on superhuman and you visualize your best self and you are embodying this ultimate version of you, soon enough, you don't even need that audio in your ears to feel unlimited, to feel empowered, to feel like your ultimate future self. So it's less about practicing it with your eyes closed. And it's more about actually living as it and acting as if and practicing with your eyes open. So as you can tell, I'm very passionate about this work. It's like changed my whole life and it doesn't have to be hard. That's the other thing. Like I've never really been an incredibly consistent person and I've never had a perfect day but this work makes it easy and it helps you habit stack your, well, I want to say wellness practice, but it's more than that. It's like your ultimate life success creation practice. <laughs> and it just works if you do it and you stay consistent, it changes your life. Well, I hope everyone listening wants to try and partake because these practices really do, in my opinion, make a difference in our mental shift. And I know when I'm putting out positive energy, positive things come my way. And I very much know when I'm putting out negative energy, negative things come my way. So I do wholeheartedly believe in this like meets like for people who want more of you and want to support you, where is the best place to do so? Thank you, Cameron. Yes. So if you want to try Superhuman for two weeks, completely free, no strings attached, then just go to www.superhuman.app. So instead of .com, it's .app, A-P-P, or just search us in the app store. And yeah, we have a money back guarantee and everything. So just take advantage of the two-week offer. And to find me, I have my podcast, Mimi. Cameron was recently on as a guest, so go check it out. And then my Instagram is just at Mimi Bouchard. Perfect. It'll all be linked in the show notes. Mimi, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you, Cameron. This was so much fun. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. 
please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at, at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.